Hi everyone and welcome to the All Plane Podcast where we talk with movers and shakers about redefining the future of commercial aviation. As usual, before we start, let me remind you once more that all previous episodes of this podcast as well as many other aviation stories are available on the All Plane website. That's allplane.tv A-L-L-P-L-A-N-E.tv Today we welcome back here to the podcast Morel Westerman an electric aircraft pilot, record setter, and more generally, I think we can call him an electric mobility evangelist. When Morel was here in this podcast the previous time with his colleague Malik Aziz, that was back in 2020, he explained how they set an electric flight record by flying all the way across Germany from the Alps to the North Sea. This time Morel is aiming to set a new record by gathering the largest formation of electric aircraft ever, the plan is to fly from Switzerland across Lake Constance to Friedrichshafen, a city in the south of Germany on the north shore of Lake Constance, to mark the opening of Aero Friedrichshafen, apologies for the pronunciation, which is Europe's largest general aviation show. But besides this remarkable project, I thought this was also the perfect occasion to invite Morel here to the podcast and get his insights about the current state of the electric aircraft industry in Europe and talk about how an increasing number of flight schools and pilots are adopting electric aircraft and how after the successful certification of the Pipistrelle Valley's Electric, new models of aircraft, of electric aircraft, are coming into the market and what needs to happen for electric aircraft adoption to accelerate in years to come. So tune in to listen to a conversation with a pilot and visionary Someone that, when it comes to electric mobility, is certainly well ahead of the curve. Hello, Morel. How are you? Hey, Miguel. I'm fine. And you? Very well. Uh, great to have you back here on the podcast. Last time you were here was in 2020, and you had just completed a very important milestone for the, let's say, the electric aviation scene, electric aviation space, which is actually the cross... Germany flight, you flew all the way, I think actually from Switzerland, you started in Switzerland, so you and you ended up in one of the German islands in the North Sea, doing quite a few stops along the way, but the important thing is that you completed the first flight, all electric, across Germany, big success, and yeah, I, I thought it was a great idea to have you back here on the podcast, because you are preparing new, amazing milestones for electric flight. First of all, before we, we move on to all these very interesting projects you have, could you please tell the audience a little bit about yourself, um, about who you are? I'm sure some of them already listened to the 2020 episode. But... If they don't, highly recommend that. It was Indeed. a blast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will add the I will add the link to the podcast. You uh, were Back then, online with uh, Malik Aziz, which was your uh, uh, collaborator in this uh, very interesting uh, cross Germany flight. Yeah. And but you you've been um, you continued working on the electric aviation space. So uh, tell us a bit about yourself and about what you do and and your interest in this sector. Absolutely. Thank you, Miguel, having me again. Well, my name is Morel. Uh, it's my pre-name, Morel Westermann. Um, I'm originally from Germany, but I'm now for more than 20 years in Switzerland. So um, meanwhile, I'm Swiss as well. Um, and um, I'm in my mid-40s, I would say. And I started uh, flying with the age of 14, so more than 30 years in the air now. But um, with the, uh, let's say, engine 
aircrafts or single piston engine aircrafts i started um, uh, just a couple of years ago as the electric aviation came to the market with the paper surveillance electro and um, as uh, sometimes um, coincidence are um, the uh, my um, my home base my airport in switzerland where i fly gliders uh, Schenes in switzerland it's in 50 60 kilometers uh, east of uh, zurich was the home base of the first ever electric uh, aircraft in the world so the first ever electric uh, certified um, pipistre velis electro um, came to Schenes because um, there was marco buholzer who invented uh, an electric pilot school so the first ever um, electric pilot school um, got the first ever electric aircraft and I was there for a couple of years already I know Marco Buholzer quite well and um, then together with Malik and the whole team around uh, the clean electric podcast this crazy idea um, setting up world records with the first ever electric aircraft um, came along and uh, we did it as you mentioned already so we had a, we had an amazing time in summer 2020 and as you said correctly, we flew from uh, Schenes more or less directly to Norderney in the north of Germany, um, just uh, interrupted by 11 charging stops. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it, it took, uh, it took two, two overnight stays um, and at the end, uh, nearly three days. So, um, but we turned, uh, we turned the, let's say, disadvantage of short range uh, or short endurance of this electric aircraft into an advantage because we, we made, um, we invited everyone to a electric happening, electric uh, mobility happening on the airfields. We had to recharge. So we had the chance to invite um, a lot of people, I would say thousands at the end of the project, thousands of people um, to uh, at the end, 22 charging stops. So um, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. And um, the overnight stays were, uh, were a never ending party as well. So yeah, good memories on that um, for everyone who would like to um, get reminded or re remember this um, is, is warmly invited to um, re-listen the episode in the summer 22. I think you can, uh, pull down some, yeah. some links on that and uh, there, yeah. <laughs> and the web page i will send you the links later the web page is still online so um who everyone is now interested to what we have done two years ago um warmly invited to uh, to look up that see i would say the starting point of the electric aviation in europe yeah mm -hmm. and and now you've got a very uh interesting project again uh trying to break a new record with electric aircraft so well what can yeah you tell us <laughs> I'm not as good in breaking records and setting records. So setting records is easy. You just need to be the first one. And um, the challenge is just to, to make it happen. Like the uh, in the project from 2020, the, it was more or less a logistic, logistical challenge. And um, this project um, this year will be the same. So I got invited from the Aero Friedrichshafen and in name the show director of the Aero Friedrichshafen, which is... Um, Tobias Brezel, the one or the other of your listeners know him probably. So uh, Tobias um, reached out to me and said, well, Morel, um, you are quite good in, in making noise and attention around this uh, new field of aviation. And, and it's a very important part of the general aviation in the next couple of years. And uh, 2023, where we record this podcast episode, is the year of electric aviation in the, in the Aero exhibition as well. So last year they had a full haul the whole number seven with electric aircraft. So you see already there are a lot of projects, a lot of products or some products, and a lot of companies are involved in these new type of uh, proportion systems. And um, it, it's, it's really amazing to see how, 
how quick the developments now in the world are going on. And 2023 is a year we would like to spread the world even more um, to show everyone electric aviation is there. So the project is um, to get as many electric aircrafts in the air at the same time to show everyone it's not only one, as two years ago we had yeah. this first ever release. It's not only one, it's already, let's say, on the edge of a mass product. Well, mass product in aviation is always... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's defining a mass product, right? I, I think the, the most ever built aircraft is the whatever Cessna 17152, something around, with Hopefully, yeah. what, say, 5,000 something? Yeah, no idea. I'll, I'll need to check that. Inter interesting question. Um, yeah. But yeah, obviously, but, but, number, numbers are not the same in, in electric aircraft now. That's but... the point. But but you you you've managed to uh, to gather quite a few, yeah, for for this flight. Yeah, this is um, absolutely amazing. So with the with the project from twenty twenty, um, uh, well, I got a little bit a name in the electric aviation field, which is um, which is absolutely amazing. And I I got contacts and and um, communications with so many enthusiasts uh, in the aviation, which is absolutely amazing. And thanks for the support, anyone. And we already got 10 aircrafts uh, on the runway <laughs> and i think it will end in in a range between 12 and 20 so um there are not so many but, at the end but in relative terms that must be quite a significant portion of the, the of the whole electric fleet that there's in europe at the moment I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, I didn't get the number from Pipistrel yet, but I assume it will be around 100 sold Velis aircrafts worldwide, I think. Um, probably probably Velis and Alpha Electrics. So it, it won't be too many above 100, I think. Yeah, but we need to check the, globally, the number. Globally. globally, yeah. So and if we get uh, 20 on one runway together for uh, for a must start, it will be amazing. And this is the reason why we reached out to uh, Guinness World Records. So see these guys with the Guinness World Records books. The one or the other got under the Christmas tree this year, probably. And um, so we are setting a Guinness World Record. It is more a PR stunt, right? So the FIE is, is not very interested in these kind of in records. So if it's not higher, far, longer, whatever, then they are not very excited about that. But the Guinness World Record guys are absolutely excited about that. So, uh, yes, we think we will have a significant uh, amount of um, electric aircraft um, existing in Europe coming together in St. Gallen Altenrhein, which is in northeast of Germany, uh, sorry, Switzerland. And we will fly to Friedrichshafen. So it will be an A to B flight to make it even a little bit harder <laughs> for the, mm -hmm. for the uh, logistic challenge. And um, the, the idea is to get everyone as quick as possible, um, one after the other, into the air, flying in a loose formation over the Lake of Constance and land in, in a row of, uh, of aircrafts in Friedrichshafen at the date of the press opening of the Aero Friedrichshafen, which is the 18th of April 2023. So uh, the official opening of the Aero Friedrichshafen is the day after that, the 19th for the public, but the 18th will be the press conference opening. And we are dreaming of um, showing them how many aircrafts already existing and that we are able to operate them and they are able to cross a lake and uh, just to fly uh, as every uh, aircraft. Yeah, so. a, a beautiful part of Europe is Lake Constance, the Bodensee. Yeah, you call it in, yeah. in Bodensee in Germany. in Germany. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. I, I think the English translation is the Lake Constance Hope. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And actually uh, a historical setting for for aviation because it's in Friedrichshafen where the first airships, I think, were developed yeah. and started flying. And this exhibition, um, the Aero Friedrichshafen, it's one of the largest, I don't know if it's the largest in Europe, but one of the largest yeah. for sure for general aviation. Uh, they they yeah. call themselves uh, the largest um, exhibition for general aviation in, in Europe. Yeah, I, I think so. It is the full area of the exhibition in, in Friedrichshafen. So um, 10,000 of visitors every year um, with a short interruption in, in the Corona times. But um, yeah, it's, it's uh, coming back. Yeah, and they, they have this electric aviation space inside the expo. It's it's about more things, but there there is a specific one which is called I think E Flight Expo. That's that's yes. the one you are referring to. Yeah, yes. can find there pretty much everything about yeah. electric electric aviation. This very emerging field in in aviation. What is exactly your you know your involvement in this electric aviation community? Because I think you are quite active in the in this field. How is the European electric aviation scene at the moment? Well, there I would say we were on the on the edge of of really getting visible in in the broader public. So um, you were asking what I'm doing there in in the field of um, electric aviation. So I would call myself as an ambassador. Um, so I'm <laughs> I have a part time job as a as a business consultant, as a strategic uh, business consulting in a future a research company in, in Switzerland. Um, I'm a professional keynote speaker um, and telling people about the amazing things um, in the future. So I'm a futurist. And I think it's even better not only to talk about these um, trends and technology developments of the future, but um, if you experience it by yourself, if you really have hands on these technologies, uh, you are even more credible. And, and this is um, wh why I'm um, flying these electric aircraft since two years now, two and a half years now, uh, by myself, and, um, and 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 this gives a lot of experiences, daily use experiences of electric aviation, and and even the shortcomings. So just a small excurs to the winter operations. So in Switzerland, we have still, uh, I think it will be the one of the last years we still have winter, but. It will. Um, it, it's very challenging to have uh, winter operations of the wheel. It's not only because of snow of the runway. This is easy. Every aircraft um, faces the same issues, but with the cold temperatures. So uh, we had to invent uh, some kind of preheating system for electric aircraft. So preheaters are quite common in in the hangars of uh, around the world for uh, internal combustion engines. They are just blowing hot air to the cylinders and and preheating the the engine, or they are heating the the oil sump electrically. Uh, so the engine gets to its uh, working temperature um, quicker. And uh, with the electric aviation, we have the issue with cold batteries. So we, we invented a hot air blower um, blowing to the uh, heat exchanger of the wheel uh, to, to get some heat energy into the battery. So we are able to fly even in cold environments because with cold batteries, you probably know it from, uh, from cars, with a very cold battery, you won't get anywhere. So, yeah. um, so winter operations is one thing. And uh, we had some software, let's say, developments or issues um, with incompatibility software versions of the battery BMS systems, the battery management system and the charger and, and back and forth. But at the end, it, it works. So it, we are in the early stages of um, these developments. And I'm so happy to see uh, around the world, it, it's really it's really popping up now. So in Switzerland, we have uh, 
12 electric aircrafts on 10 different home bases um, with uh, pilot schools there. Um, and they are training uh, the new generation of pilots on these aircraft. In the Netherlands, we have a very active um, e-flight community with the e-flight NL um, pilot school. Um, is they have even a second school location in Bonaire, which is the Caribbean Sea. So it's absolutely amazing uh -huh. for everyone who yeah. wants to fly over the Caribbean Sea electric, uh, reach out to these guys in the Netherlands. And in Germany, um, some of these values are in, uh, in universities or even in uh, pilot schools. We have in UK these Nebo Air guys. And, uh, and, and of course, in France, I think France now overtook Switzerland with the biggest fleet of electric aircrafts. Um, That's because of that big order from, I think there was a startup that was fully devoted to leasing electric aircraft right. to flight school. Uh, yeah. Green Aero Lease, I think. Yes, and um, they ordered, I think, 50 around. Mm -hmm. uh, not every not every of these 50s um, aircrafts are delivered until today. Well, I think they have uh, 20, 25, 30, something around already in, in, in France. So France just overtook Switzerland with the biggest fleet of electric aircraft. <laughs> yeah, and, and Scandinavia also has, uh, I think, some operators, some school, for, some flight schools yeah. have opted for electric aircraft. I think um, there was a big order. I don't remember the name, but there was that that flight school in Sweden. I think they order they placed a big order with a uh, by aerospace, yeah, to, to get electric aircraft. Yeah, and then and here comes we we comes to the market, right? So there are so many active companies now um, um, announcing products. So Pipistrel is still the only one who is able to deliver. A certified product, but there are so many um, companies out there um, on the on the edge of a product. So, like Diamond with the EDR40 will be a milestone because, uh, well, okay, in brackets a four seater. I'm not sure how many seats it will be really um, available then. I think it's a, it's a real three seater. Even in Switzerland, in a small country like Switzerland, we have uh, several projects going on with the H55. Um, Dufo Aero, um, the guys from the um, from the university in in Zurich with the Esling. So we have we have several projects here on on the air on the verge yeah. of uh, of being a product. Yeah. Yeah, I, and in the Netherlands that you mentioned, um, I've got the chance to have here in the podcast also a couple of projects that are also exploring different different concepts and 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 projects in electric aviation as well, and they some of them are. are pretty well advanced so like electron for example so yeah. so yeah, yeah there's so many things going on what what about the the land side i mean you mentioned the issue with the batteries and the cold and what about the charging infrastructure i remember you mentioned in your flight across germany you had to have a, a support car that was following you along the way by land and it was carrying batteries so that you could recharge whenever there was <laughs> available facility to recharge. Is, is this being addressed, this issue? <laughs> it was even two teams of electric cars following us because an aircraft is faster than a car on a road, even in German motorways. <laughs> mm. An aircraft is faster. Um, no, we, what, we weren't carrying uh, batteries. We were, we were carrying the charging system, the charger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is just an um, AC-DC converter, like a, like a fast charger for cars. But this one was with a protocol for um, aircraft. So it's not compatible, 
um, use for uh, cars. It is the same plug, but it's not the same protocol, but at the end it's electric energy. So don't ask me why they are not making it uh, compatible to cars. Ask the guys from Pipistrel why they've done that. But they promised me as soon there's a standard out there, um, they will move to the standard. So it shouldn't be uh, a property um, solution for aircraft at Pipistrel, which is at the moment. So the wait, only... Wait, wait um, a second. So you're telling me that the, the chargers are not compatible between cars no. and... Okay. And even not between the aircrafts. Mm. So if you want to charge a H55 aircraft, you can't use the Pipistrel charger. So the Pipistrel charger is just um, working for Pipistrel aircraft at this moment. But uh, Tina from, from uh, Pipistrel told me, Tina is the CTO from, from Pipistrel told me, they are not, not necessarily he heading for a proprietary um, charging solution, but they were the first and they needed to start somewhere. So they started with just what they thought is best. And at the moment, um, there is a there is a general available protocol standard. They are willing, and they are absolutely um, willing to to uh, to re retrofit or um, software update or whatever is needed uh, to make it compatibly to to the whatever standard in the industry will um, will come up in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. well, I think it it will be it will be a challenge like like in the charging. So um, on my speeches, I always say the electrification of the aviation industry is 10 years behind the cars. So, and if you see um, how we come, how far we come with the cars today, so there is a standard, standard in charging, let's say, charging plugs. Uh, this was this was a this was a nightmare a couple of years ago with type one, type two, CCS, uh, Shademo, and whatever was on the market, and now we have this type two and, and CCS charger. So there's a standard now, and and um, with the standard, uh, the charging speeds were faster and faster every year. So we started with uh, let's say um, accelerated charging with 11 or 22 kilowatts of power. Then we we came to the quick charge around 50 kilowatts and now we have the supercharger which was in the beginning of tesla times around 150 kilowatts now we have these supercharged super super supercharged charging speeds with up to 350 kilowatts so you see there's a development in speed in charging speed together with the development of uh, a standard in in plugs and we will definitely see the same in aviation so we started two years ago with the pipistrel own charging system which was 22 kilowatts at the end, it was 17, but anyway, it was labeled as 22 kilowatts with a with a Type 2 connector with a uh, with not a Type 2 protocol with something specific Pipistrel protocol. And in the next couple of years, we will see increasing charging speeds. It started already um, the last couple of months. So the charging speeds for the EVH uh, for the um, Eaton charger is now doubled from 20 kilowatts to 40 kilowatts nominal. I don't know how fast it's really charging at the end. I never plugged in the aircraft into these new kind of chargers. And we will see the charging speed increases as well. So if you imagine you have an aviation aircraft, so you probably heard about end of the year 2022, aviation took flight. Yeah, uh, the uh, Alice or however. The Alice, yeah. Alice, 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 Alice Aviation. I, I don't know how yeah. to pronounce that. Um, he, they flew for whatever, 10 minutes two, three circuits around the aircraft airport. And if you imagine you have a pipistrelle charger to charge uh, aviation, it will take years until the next flight. So you need more charging power. And I'm pretty sure they don't use a type two charger 
plugs. There will be something specific. So with different aircrafts, with bigger aircrafts, with more range, more seats, more maximum takeoff weight, we will have different charging systems. So the the pivotal charger with 20 kilowatts and the type so on, type two is only the start. So there will be something different in the future. How, how long does it take you to charge your valleys at the moment? Well, um, I say always one hour of flight and one hour of charge and both is a lie. <laughs> you fly shorter than an hour and you charge longer than an hour. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, to be to be realistic, with a good feeling, you can fly 30 to 45 minutes around an airport, uh -huh. which is absolutely relaxed. And then you take about 45 to one hour and 10 minutes for recharging. Yeah. So certainly so there's, the, there's scope for improvement there. Huh? In the... There's room for improvement. And there is already the, the double uh, speed charger um, officially announced. I never saw in one, one out in the real wild, but um, it should bring down the charging time to less than 45 minutes or so around 30 to 45 minutes. And then we are in, let's say, pilot schools operations in a very good range. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to the basically the development of this industry in in Europe, uh, well, in the world in general, but I guess let's speak of Europe. What do you think should happen for it to become a lot more mainstream? Um, just go beyond the flying schools and, yeah. and have private owners. I don't know what's the, right now if whether there's any legal or tax incentives to get green electric aircraft, any other factors that can help speed up this adoption. That's a good question, but let's start with the with the advantages of um, electric propulsion systems. There are a lot of disadvantages like range and everything around that, um, but um, the advantage is um, we are able to refuel in brackets uh, carbon neutral and renewable, so with with power from the PV panels on the hangar, you can recharge your um, your aircraft more or less uh, carbon neutral and and very very cheap. Um, this uh, is very good advantage. Sorry, and that, the most that's an important is... that's an important point to touch. So just to give an idea, to put a number here, I know each country and each supplier might have different rates, but how much does it cost you to charge uh, to do a full charge of a of a valley's? So if you if you think about uh, a 30 to 45 minutes flight and Perfect. you have a cruise power of about 20 kilowatts then you consume on such a flight around 17 one seven kilowatt hours so in in switzerland let's say it it will be 30 rappen um so it's a, it's around 30 um euro cents um then you have around 5 euros for the energy but this is only the half of the equation. The other half is the um, is the use of the battery. So if you think about, let's say roughly, the battery will cost about twenty thousand Swiss francs or euros, whatever between twenty and thirty. I'm not absolutely sure. I, let's assume it will be twenty thousand Swiss francs, and let's assume it will have around a thousand cycles, which is on the good side, I would say. Uh, then you have a cycle cost of about. 20 euros so with 20 euros added with the five euros with energy cost then you around 25 euros of let's say uh, operational flight cost flight flight session 25 yeah. euros energy costs there are not too many maintenance costs on this aircraft because the the water cooling system do not need any uh, maintenance at all and and the the motor will last for more or less forever um the ball bearings will be changed whatever thousands hours but there's no 
um, maintenance cost like an internal combustion engine um, we know today. So you have an, a roughly 25 to 30 euros flight hour costs, which is, which is super, super exciting. It will make aviation cheaper than today. How does it compare to conventional uh, combustion engine? Well, now every one of your listeners can calculate by itself. So uh, what is his aircraft is consuming on fuel and maintenance costs? Um, you have to compare that with a small two-seater. I would say it's at least half the price or even better. So, mm -hmm. But this is only the cost point of view. It is renewable, which is, I think, a game changer. And if you think about Shenis, which is a glider site, we are allowed to operate this propeller aircraft on a glider site only because they are so silent. Okay. They're not as noisy as all the others are. So noise is always an issue with all the aviation um, fields out there. And these aircraft is nearly inaudible. So it is so, so, so less noisy, uh, so much more less noisy than all the other aircrafts operate there. It is not an issue anymore. And this, this will be true for every electric aircraft. Yes, you have a noise of the propeller. Yes, you have the noise of the airflow, Uh, flowing around the fuselage, but it's less, 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 less noisy than than um, all the other aircraft. So noise is a very important thing. And this, um, I would say, is, is the biggest advantage besides the fact that you have uh, less energy costs and the energy will be renewable. Um, the limitations on today is absolutely the range and the maximum takeoff weight. So at the moment, and here we go with exactly the same development path that the cars um, did in the past, more range, cheaper batteries more power per kilogram, more kilowatt hours per liter of volume of battery volume. So this will be taking off in the next couple of years um, in a very exciting way. So there are so many millions and billions of dollars flowing into the development of batteries now, fueled by the, by the revolution of the electric propulsion systems in cars, We will benefit in the aviation industry from that development. And um, we calculated the, the magic line of when an electric aircraft will become um, um, power and, and range equivalent to the uh, known internal combustion engine. And this will be around for a two for four-seater, like, like a 172 or whatever four-seater aircraft you have in your mind. It's always the same with the power um, to weight ratio, more or less. So with the 500 watt hours per kilogram, you are able to uh, build an aircraft um, very similar to what we know from the two four-seater Cessnas today, uh, very common on every airfield around the world, um, able to fly for a couple of hours. But we don't need to fly for four to five hours. Um, most of the flights, um, the private flights, are A to A flights. Um, only a few are A to B. Um, so this uh, really solves the charging infrastructure thing for the first uh, step. And um, if we have a let's say a, a solid two hours range, then you can more or less cover, I would say, 90% of every flight uh, in, in small aircrafts uh, conducted. So um, these 500 watt hours per kilogram, the, the, the magic question is when we will have these kind of batteries with an attractive price and um, cycle stability. Uh, and this will come in the next couple of um, less than 10 years. So in, in less than 10 years, um, if the development continues as it's did in the last couple of years with the um, car industry, And um, then we have um, power and energy and, 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 and price equivalent aircraft, small aircrafts, 
um, and then we are ready to replace every uh, fuel guzzling and, 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 and noise creating um, aircraft on the airfields around the world. Um, the problem with these aircrafts is um, most of these um, um, planes are super old. I would say 30, 40 years is not not very exception. So the replacement cycle is very long in the aviation industry and um, that will be uh, it will take a little bit longer than on the car side but but the advantages are so dominant i would say we will see in the next couple of 10 years uh, a, a very large proportion of um, um electric aircraft flying around so they will still i say uh, the old timer um, section flying around and and people will still enjoy that so um, you probably saw um, there is a there is a retro looking aircraft just re um, 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 presented last year on the aero so I think there will be uh, old aircraft as well, but all the new aircrafts for pilot trainings uh, will be will be electric in the next couple of years yeah. And what about the training itself? Because all these flight schools now adopting electric, going electric. Um, how important is this for the formation of the future pilots? And how different is it uh, from, a, let's say, from a, a pilot perspective to be trained on an electric aircraft? <laughs> yeah, I will come back to that. But as you trigger my futurist uh, part in mm. in. Um, in me, um, the, the better question or the even more interesting question is um, how long do we need pilots okay, in the future? Yeah. <laughs> but, but coming back to that later. Auto autonomy, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big topic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, why not? I mean, people I've been talking about, um, I've been talking with about this topic, they, they tell me actually it might be easier to get to autonomy for aircraft than for cars because okay, there, yeah. are, there are fewer things to to keep control of so <laughs> and even today uh, the the machine the autopilot is superior in um, let's say bad weather conditions over the over the pilot so there yeah. are conditions out there where the pilot is not anymore allowed to fly by hand but the uh, the autopilot is so auto landing system yeah. is. so yeah we are already there today i think um it will uh, need a, a change in pilot uh, the passengers let's say behavior or the passengers thrust into technology but but uh, yeah, this is this will be a very interesting um, topic as well. <laughs> but um, regarding the operation of the electric aircraft, it is super easy. It is a, it is like the FedEx system. It's a one power level system, so you have only one power level um, where you can just set the power and that's it. So no fuel and um, mixture and prop and whatever. It's just one power level. So, and even the pre-flight checklist or the uh, the um, pre-departure checklist is 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 super quick. I would say after after jumping into the aircraft, um, less than five minutes until departure. So it's super quick. You just need to check uh, the battery state of charge and and if the battery power is available and that's it. So wouldn't this be an issue if if the process is more simple? If someone is training on an electric aircraft and then needs to fly a non-electric aircraft might yeah. have to adapt to a more complex yeah. setup. There might they be really... still a few decades before we, we transition completely. Well, um, if you train today driving uh, with an electric car and you jump into an, into an internal combustion engine car with clutch and everything, then you have to train the clutch things and, and the, the gear shifting thing as well. So um, I think it's not super hard. But for the beginning, um, everything is overwhelming in, in the cop for, for someone who's never 
uh, flown an aircraft before, who's a very beginner um, of pilot student. He's already overwhelmed with everything um, going on. And um, having a less complex and easy to, to handle aircraft uh, will help them. And if you are able to fly and if you are able to process all this crazy stuff going on, um, then you can add step by step the, let's say, uh, old school uh, engine operating things as well. So, yeah, I, I think for the beginning is a very good start, uh, makes makes quick progress um, in learning how to fly and not overwhelming. And um, the most important thing is, um, especially in the in the early steps of your pilot career, you take a long time going through the um, pre-flight checklist and everything. So if you have classic or let's say an internal combustion um, powered aircraft, then it generates noise standing on the apron um, going through a checklist and you don't move in anyway. So um, it's just generating noise and eating fuel for nothing. And this is a, is a game changer with an electric aircraft. If you don't use the, the power level then it's silent. Then it's the, the, the prop is still, it's silent. You don't use any energy and you can go um, to your checklist how long you ever look like. So, yeah, so it's, a, it, it's a different in operation. And for the tower guys, it's a little bit surprising. I had this experience um, once. Um, uh, the power asked if, if, if everything is okay or my engine quit because uh, I was going through my um, departure checklist and the prop was standing still and he looked out of his tower and said, well, prop is standing still, hmm, some issue. No, it's an electric aircraft, so we don't need to rotate the propeller uh, if you go through a checklist. So this is uh, this was very fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. It's uh, yeah, completely, completely different type of habits and ways of doing things. Uh, yeah, just as in, in, in the car industry, as uh, you know well since you've been a long-time user of electric cars. So what's the time horizon you see for uh, electric flight adoption? Do you have a, any like framework? Don't nail me on years and numbers, but uh, okay. it's always work. If, if you look into the future, we don't have a glass ball. We can see exactly mm -hmm. the date and whatever. So, But uh, there, will be, there will be a scenario which is most likely in the future. And the first thing is um, el the electrification of the aviation industry will start with small and light and super efficient aircraft, as we see already. Yeah. It, will, it will then uh, move along to a little bit bigger aircrafts, four-seaters, and we see them on the horizon already. I mentioned the, the Diamond E um, DR40 already uh, will be on display on the Aero Friedrichshafen again, but not flying. So um, if you think about Pipistrel with the Pantera, which is a super, super, super efficient and nice-looking aircraft, four-seater, um, imagine this one will be electric ones in the future. Then you have really a breakthrough of uh, travel, small travel airplanes. This opens the operational space for private aviation, um, as we do it today in the DA40, DA62, or whatever. Uh, it will directly go into the electric aviation field because of the cheaper costs, the lower noise and the, the bigger um, exception of, let's say, night flying uh, in, in, in small aircraft and airports. So it will start small and light, will go a little bit to four-seater and a little bit longer distances, but it will not. We don't see, well, myself, I don't see a retrofit very working well in old aircraft. So you can in, think about, well, we have hundreds of old aircrafts out there. Uh, just replace the engine with the electric motor and the battery system. This won't probably work because these old aircrafts are uh, developed in the 40s, 50s, 60s. And with the, with the efficiency 
of the 50s and 60s in mind, this probably won't work very well. So you need super efficient aircrafts, more looking like a glider or even a, a touring motor glider than the conventional aircraft, as, as you can see in the aviation. And this will be the next very, very interesting thing. When will the nine eight seven eight nine ten seaters out there the commuter aircrafts yeah and uh this will be very interesting and if you look on the web pages of all these um various um companies working on that um they see it in less than 10 years so i think it's a little bit on the um on the uh, proactive side or let's say the optimistic side because um it will be technical ready in less than 10 years yes but if it will be certified uh, it's a different part of the story so um yeah, um, but I think in the in the next couple of 10 years, seven to 10 years, we will see an amazing new field of aviation, um, less noisy, less fuel consuming, carbon neutral, regenerative powered, and um, not necessarily battery electric, but electric powered. So this comes back to the, um, will be there any hydrogen fuel systems? A lot of companies working on that, well, but the technical issues with the uh, fuel cell and the storage of um, uh, liquid hydrogen or even carrying hydrogen in an aircraft is a challenge um, we need to overcome in the next couple of years. Yeah, indeed. So for people that wish to see this for real and come to Edo Friedrichshafen, to see it, that's going to be just a reminder. It's going to be on the 18th of April. Yes, the uh, day before the official opening, yeah. Uh-huh. So where is the, the best way to see this? I guess it's when you arrive at Friedrich. <laughs> uh, where, where, when is the scheduled time? Where... I, I think the best way to attend on this is flying with us. Okay. <laughs> bring bring an electric aircraft, fly with us, bring as many aircrafts you have, uh, which is electric powered. I know there are a lot of aircraft in france it's just a logistical challenge it's not the the issue with the aircraft anymore like two years ago where we had only one yeah and i think what, it will be both what people should do in if they want to join you come to st gallen for the start i think it will be a super impressive view on 20 aircrafts lined up together on the uh, runway 27 in in uh, in uh, st gallen uh, departing uh, one after the other or even two at the same time, a couple of seconds um, apart, uh, flying in loose formation to Friedrichshafen. I think the the bigger party, sorry, uh, St. Gallen to say that, but I think the bigger party will be then in um, Friedrichshafen with the press um, guys over there and the <laughs> official opening. Um, yeah, but I think I think we will have a party in St. Gallen as well. Is there a is there a process like a formal process to to join this event? Uh, if you if someone has a a plane or, or a few planes and and wish to take part, or should yes, they write to you or what's a <laughs> <laughs> reach out to me? We will set um, the link in in your um, episode um, to the um, project page from Aero Friedrichshafen. Just um, today, Kalin Gologan with his um, Electra Aero, this yellow um, electric air craft which is the second worldwide certified since a couple of days uh, reached out to me today and and confirmed his attendance on this project so it's super stoked that um, Kalin will uh, fly his electric um, um, aircraft his yellow one um, together and he was joking like so uh, we can fly five times uh, back and forward with one battery charge so we have uh, plenty of endurance left um, should we offer a shuttle service <laughs> I said well very good idea uh, let's think about that so there are crazy ideas around that 
Um, we will have um, some other aircraft with an FES system, so the gliders with the electric power systems, hoping for the H-55 and the Eastling guys from, um, from Zurich. So um, it will be dominated by Pipistray Velis Electro aircraft for sure, because the only product on the market available. Um, but we will hopefully have some other aircraft as well, gliders, um, touring motor gliders, and even um, the electrosolar. So, yeah, I'm going to be posting links to this event, of course, and also to the previous episode we did together when you broke that record across Germany. Set uh, record. Set. We are setting records. Yeah, you set the record, person. true. So, uh, um, um, this record, um, even it's not really official, um, somewhere noted, um, um, this record is already broken by some Australian guys. Um, they flew uh, across Australia a couple of weeks, months later, but they, I think they booked only half of the, of the fun because they um, made what you said earlier. They're not only transporting the chargers by car, but the generator as well. But in the Outback, um, yeah, I think it's, it's okay. In the Outback, you don't have any grid power, so you need off-grid power, and they had a diesel or whatever um, benzene charger um, or generator and then charge the aircraft yeah. in the in the red desert out of Australia. So yes, they 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 took only half of the challenge by by getting to grid power, but I think it's a totally different story in Australia. And um, they flew far than than we did in in well I think in more days at the end, but um, yeah at the end the distance was greater than ours. So if you speak about breaking records, these the guys already did but I'm more than happy to admit to them because uh, it's all about spreading the world. It's all about um, telling people that electric aviation is there and it's possible. So I don't mind if anyone is flying faster, higher, quicker, whatever, than we did. <laughs> Great. So yeah, I think that's that's a, the perfect ending for this, again, a fascinating episode of, of the <laughs> podcast. And uh, just uh, just to, to wrap it up, for people that wish to contact you, for any of these projects in electric aviation, what's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, LinkedIn is very good. Um, I'm quite active in Twitter and um, uh, I will post my own webpage. You can book me as a speaker, as a, as a motivational speaker and, and some futuristic um, um, topics. And, and yeah, I, I would say explaining a little bit the future or explaining the technology we see on horizon will influence our future because nothing is nothing is bad if you know it in advance so you don't need to fear anything if you understand and know what's coming and uh, my goal is to to help people to to see things on the horizon uh, embrace technologies and don't fear it so it is always a chance as well so if you think about the the um, automotive industry they tried to break down and, and de-accelerate the development of electric uh, cars. And they did very bad on that. So um, embracing and taking the chances, you see, if you see how, how quickly Tesla emerged in the market and um, the growth rates every year of this um, new technology is absolutely amazing. And, and if, if we talk to people like pilots and everyone on the airfield, um, said, wow, with these small aircraft and small range and makes no sense. Yes, today. It's a very limited, uh, let's say, useful window of operation today. But, but ask me in seven years ago, again, and then, then really the, the world changed. So embrace the new technologies and look, look very curious on that and see the chances. And if you want to get some support and some inspiration on that, reach out to me. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. Excellent. I'm going to 
if you don't mind, I'm going to then be posting a link to your LinkedIn profile so that people can can reach out directly. Well, thanks so much, Morel, for this very fascinating chat today. And I'll be looking forward to hear, hearing about the developments of uh, your next projects, your ne next milestones, and of course, these this next uh, record-setting attempt. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. Thanks thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure with you, Miguel, and thanks for your engagement in the aviation industry, spreading the world you have on your own webpage and own green flying section already. So this is really a thing, and 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 we need to um, tell even more people in, in which direction it, it will go. And um, the electric aviation industry needs to change something. So we are one of the let's say um say emitters of carbon um co2 and we need to change that and we, we even need to bring um, renewable power to the airfield so there are a lot of things to do and um, thanks for having me in the show miguel and thanks for your uh, activities in the green aviation area it's it's very important to do that a pleasure thank you very much morel before you go and if you like this podcast a quick reminder that it would be absolutely great if you could please give it a rating on Apple, Spotify or whichever platform you are using or recommend it to a friend or whomever might be interested. Thank you very much and see you soon.